The nine Enneagrams are one of many personality tests that folks use to help look inwards and build introspection. Spinning that into an arcana punk setting, you have the basis for a beautifully heartwarming game about social connections and so much more. This week, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Squidzy of Lost Guide Games and Grim of Trauma Bond Games about the joint project Neon Shadows. Develop a world unique to your own table in this GMless storytelling game of connections, growth, and adversity. Mystery bonds and so much more are happening right now on Schedule for Launch. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I'm incredibly excited to be joined by two creators who are coming up with something that I think looks really cool. Squidzy and Grim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. Thank you for having us. We're always happy to come to these kinds of things. Yes, thank you so much. So I was reached out about Neon Shadows. I think it was a little over a month now. and it touched a lot of things that I really like. And I think that there's a lot of, from what I've seen so far, a lot of really cool options. I'm always up for the kind of cyberpunk storytelling games where I don't need to play Shadowrun. So I'm, I'm pumped to talk about Neon Shadows and how this game works because it's, it's really cool. Aesthetically pleasing too. Like I don't know who's on art, but they've done a very good job of it being very enticing so we're actually very lucky over at lost guide games where we have a super talented stable of artists who are actually working directly with us uh, a lot of the base design comes from uh one of our main artists fluffy and a lot of the digitation comes from one of our uh digitizers fatality okay so we're super lucky when it comes to that that's incredible how many of you are there roughly at um Oh my gosh, Lost Lost Guide, Lost Guide Games. Games. Lost Guide Games. What? I knew I was going to fumble it. It's and I just <laughs> No worries. So there are so the two lead designers are Grim and I. Um and then you've got as Grim was saying, uh Fatalini, who is our illustrator and our digitizer. She also does art on her own. We have Fluffy who is our lead artist. He does traditional style art and then scans it and sends it. They work very, very well together. Um, and then we have Mimi, who is another designer and artist on her own. She does incredible work. She did a lot of our horror games. And okay. my fantastic fiance. Oh, yeah. awesome. That's exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting. It's quite a crew then. First year where we're at, we're actually fairly large. That's sweet. Yeah, And we totally skipped over you two. Hi, can you introduce yourselves to the audience? Tell them a little bit about yourselves. Uh, they don't need to know who I am. It's fine. <laughs> uh, no, my name is uh, Grim. I am, as uh, Squitty was saying, I am one of the lead designers over at Lost Guide Games. Uh, I have over 25 years of experience running games through a variety of different systems. Uh, I've been designing games on and off for about 15 of those years and started seriously designing this for with lost guy games um, yeah i am also a certified therapeutic uh game master so that's also oh fun. what does that mean i'm i've never heard that before i am 
uh, certified to help with therapy and uh, other aspects in relations to game therapy, especially as role-playing games for therapeutic and healing purposes. That's super interesting to me because I'm I'm also in I'm specifically in child mental health right now. I'm working as an educational assistant. Fantastic. But I I didn't realize that that I kind of open up more so so. After I'll pick your brain about that a little bit later. Right afterwards, that's super cool. And yourself, Squidzy. Um. So everybody knows me as Squidzy online. I have actually have not been in the tabletop space very long. I played Pathfinder for a little bit in high school. Um, it's kind of where I got my roots from. I know. <laughs> and, um, Nothing uh, actually I... against Pathfinder. She's just not a crunchy gamer. <laughs> no, uh, but my my friend who ran it is now a mechanical engineer working at White Sands. So, I mean, it sense. was par for the course. It fits. <laughs> um, and then I did DMing for a little while for my husband and his friends. And, uh, oh gosh, one night Grim and I got to talking and he was like, do you ever think about designing our own games? Because we're both therapeutic GM masters, by the way. I'm also a therapeutic GM master. Um, and a mental health counselor. Wild. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've been we've been friends for such a long time. I took the course, and he got interested, and he took the course. Um, and we were talking about it one night, and he's like, "Hey, you think we could design games?" I was like, "Hey, we probably could design games. I think it'd be a lot of fun." We could design games. We could design games. And lo and behold, <laughs> here we are now with a with a crew that we've got a bunch of friends we dragged into this. Some merry band of pirates. It really is. God, we're a motley crew. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're here to talk about one of those games that you've been working on and creating. And like I said, it's, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of neon going on. It's got a lot of heart in it. What is Neon Shadows? So Neon Shadows, Neon Shadows started as a joke. Um, to be okay. completely frank, Neon Shadow started as a joke. I was sitting at work, um, and I was thinking about like personality inventories, and I was just sitting there. And I went, you know, I bet you you could make really good characters based off the nine Enneagram types. And I posed it to them as a joke, and I'm laughing about it to myself. Which was well, a mistake. I know. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> but not really. And, um, well, they were like, what are those? And... They went and did research. I showed them the exam where you could go take your you could take your Enneagram personality test and see what number you are, and they all did that. And Fluffy actually hopped on. We actually looked at this uh, last weekend. Fluffy hopped on and was like, "Oh, you know, you could really create characters out of this." And then I'm sitting there thinking, "I'm like, oh, great, all right, here we are." And now we have Neon <laughs> Shadows. Yeah. And then I emerged um, from my you know work hole and like, "Oh, hey, here's a game system." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so Neon Shadows is a Aether Punk, um, both in aesthetic and play and storyline game. It started on belonging outside belonging. It has become so much more than that, especially with the dice system. Um, and you base your you your playbooks, your shades are on the nine Enneagram types. And basically it's you exploring this world, the fi- these five factions in a city in the valley. Um, that are barely hanging together after a 
after a huge war that basically tore the that tore the land apart about 15 years ago about 15 oh, 20 years ago so it's like super recent then so the war was very recent the city is full of secrets and the veneer of the city is held held together by literal duct tape and prayers <laughs> pretty much That's wild if i'm remembering because i know that th- there's a lot of these these punk genres Another name for Aether Punk is Arcane Punk, right? Arcana Punk, yeah. Arcana Punk, that's it. Uh, that's another name for it. So it's basically, what if sci- what, what if Cyberpunk, but with Wizard? <laughs> well, and it's also a little bit more of that Solar Punk, too. Because aspects, yeah. you think of it, you know, it's Final Fantasy VII terms is really the only way I can think of it. You know, and it comes from the Earth. Aether is yeah. something that is mined out of the Earth. I know that Imagery-wise, a lot of the times people relate it to Asgard in the Marvel films. Yes, uh, it, it can be very similar to that. So one of the great things is the city is ultimately going to be designed by your table. Okay. You you as a group are going to be doing a lot of the designing of your city, deciding, okay, here's the city. What are some of the secrets? What are some of the designs? How, does this, how do the puzzle pieces roughly fit together before we go in and break everything. I know that a large draw to this game specifically is actually that map building. I know that Squidzy wanted to talk about the world building specifically. So why don't we hop into that because we're kind of naturally moving that way. Let's talk a little bit about how you build the world out and what that looks like in this game. The world building is, it reflects the character building. I think that was a huge part of it for us is we wanted it to not only reflect the character building because that flows together really nicely, but there's something about people being able to create their own world and create their own stories. And so you have a little bit of history. You have a little bit of what happened in the war, um, where your factions came from and where your city districts came from so starting you know from the outside the outermost part of the valley you have the rust rivers which are your farmers your forgers alley which are your uh, metalsmiths uh your cloud tops which is like your middle class those are a lot of your just basic doctors teachers things like that uh-huh. and then you have the moonlights where is where you get into the aether it's where you get into your aether weavers people who have learned to manipulate aether from the earth to create these fantastical machines and power the city and then on the innermost the most protected, you've got your your sun courts, which from the outside is gilded and gold and marbled and beautiful, but on the inside is a little grosser than that. Um, and with each of those factions comes questions that you and your table answer together. So you'll answer, what are the people like in the Rust Rivers? What are the people like in Forger's Alley? What are the people like in the Cloud Tops? And there's, there's options there that we've typed up, but there's always this, hey, Please come up with your own. If you've got something, you've right. got a story you want to tell, add it. Tell it. It's there for you to do that with. Um, and then from there, you've got like your rumors. What are your rumors? What are your conflicts? What are the beliefs? What is one belief in the city that most of the people be- or in that district that most of the people believe in? And then from there is where you build and tell your story. You've built your framework. Now you get to tell your story. There's a huge collaborative essence to it when it comes down to just characters and the map. I think that's really interesting because folks who may not know too much about 
belonging outside of belonging, but it's GM-less. And that's one of the huge draws to Neon Shadows. Everybody gets to be a player and make decisions. What we actually have in place is we have three different styles of play. We have one where there is a game master, basically. Uh, I forget Mm -hmm. the term we used in for it. Um, But we have a style where there is a game master. We have kind of a fusion between your more standard belonging, outside belonging, and the lead is what we call a lead player, where they don't have the entire overarching control of the GM where it comes to world building and plot and progression and pacing. But they're there to kind of make sure there's a continuation of play, especially for tables that maybe aren't used to a GMless system, because not everyone is. And yeah. the the amount of freedom when you peer into the abyss that is a game like, you know, Wander Home or what Neon Shadows is going to be, and there's so much of it, sometimes it's helpful to have a guiding hand. Yes. And then I, there's, of course, the more standard belonging outside belonging anarchy. There is no, there, there is, there is, there is no game master. Anarchy! <laughs> but there are things in place to make sure that it doesn't go too sideways when we're Correct. talking about these kinds of games without game masters. I remember the first game where I really played without a game master was it's a, another indie project that's been on here called Pokemon Tales. Super fun. And that was kind of the first thing where it kind of clicked for me that you don't need to have a game master to create a really compelling story. And that was such a great time. And when you play Neon Shadows, you're going to be picking up those characters and you're going to be hopping and creating the world. I think that there's a lot of pieces here to start getting players to that door and introducing them to all these options. Right. We, we actually were in, we're play testing currently for this. Um, and in our most recent play test session, we were actually, I was super ecstatic because I was able to hear the aha moment in someone's head yes. when they're like, <laughs> wait a second. No, this is what happens. Yes. So, and kind of dictate how that kind of works. Um, if you're okay with it, I'd like to introduce the dice system. Yes. Oh, let's get into that. That was what I was going to next. So cool. The dice system is, there are no actual dice in the dice system. The dice system stands for, stands for the deck of influences, consequences, and expressions. Uh, what we've done is we've kind of taken kind of feeding off of, again, with the Enneagram system and the idea of there being kind of different patterns within it in and of itself, we've separated down to three, three, three standard suits and the spades, which we're using as fate or the Trump suit. Um, being able to go in, and one of the big things for the shades on the mechanical side is the ability to kind of manipulate the hand of cards that you have through role-playing interactions uh, in order to draw cards, exchange cards, uh, what we call cycling, which is drawing and discarding a card. Mm-hmm. Um, going going through and kind of using this system to get the optimal hand 
to kind of vie for narrative control to a certain degree. Um, different shades are able to do so in different ways. Uh, there's different levels of interactions for it. What we were really trying to do with the dice system was one of the most fantastic things about belonging outside of belonging is how free it is as a system. And it is fantastic. I like a little bit of crunch in my games. (laughs) I like having just a little bit of, you know, fried garlic oil sauce right, right over the top of it. Um, so for, for me, it was kind of taking the token system of belonging outside belonging and we're like, okay, well, what if we use playing cards and through using the playing cards as tokens, instead of just, here's my token for starting narrative control, we're now having an ability for there to kind of be a little bit of nuance to the conversation through mechanics. When we were doing the playtesting, being able to see someone go, wait a second, and purposely go and not their character, but they realized an action their character could take because of the shade that they were, how the mechanics work for it. Because we, we think we've done a good job of making sure the mechanics line up with the more standard Enneagram equivalent of the shade. So we're trying to make sure that these are not limiting factors for the mechanics. They're just mm-hmm. an expressive aspect of the shade. Yeah. Is there any sort of pattern to the dice cards themselves? Because if I'm if I'm remembering right, you can use a standard deck of cards for the dice deck. Correct. Yes. It's yes. designed to work with a standard deck of cards. So the way that we have it broken down for Neon Shadows is... You have um, hearts, which are emotional. You have clubs, which are expressive. And you have diamonds, which are intellectual. Okay. So it's designed so that... Because any of these interactions can be done on a physical level. So the kind of expression that they are is really what we're boiling down to with the suits. And then you have spades, which are, again, fate. Because, again, if something is going on in play you know and you don't like where the story is going you can drop a spade and then we have a chart within the game which kind of dictates to hey here's the standard thing and of course the table is able to design their own fate table if they so wish however they want it to happen happens and what's great about the fate table is it doesn't change the situation that they are currently in. The decision they still they have to make is still on the table. What the fake cards do is they put in this level of now there is something being added to it and we have to make a decision. Do we stay with the current discussion on what we're wanting to do or do we take care of whatever the new issue is? Well, and a, a really good example of that, like Grim was saying in our, in our play testing, um, one of our one of our players had this aha moment and it was just gorgeous. And we uh, were trying to, our character, our shades are trying to get out of the sun courts um, because we're afraid of a riot starting and we're afraid of, you know, Hey, if we get caught with these certain items, we're going to get in a lot of trouble. Um, And (laughs) one of our players just kind of looks at us. It goes, 
What if the riots like started now and put down a spade <laughs> card? <laughs> which included a riot starts nearby. Yeah, which okay. was a riot starts nearby and it was on the fate table. Um, and <laughs> she was like, but what if it put down a spade card to start the riots now? So now we're in the middle of a riot starting um, maybe 20 feet away from us. A little bit farther than that. Not much farther, but a little bit farther than that. But yeah, it was one of those, why Why did you do that? <laughs> but why? <laughs> and then we ended it. And, and then, then we ended, we ended it. it. Then we ended it. Yeah, that's, that's going to be fun to pick back up. That's amazing. I love seeing players realize that they can do something in a system. Like, my favorite thing to do is run games for people who have never played that game. So, them getting to experience a a new system and b the pieces fall together is so cool i love that we're we're, yeah. looking, we're looking forward to um having the same experience with more people as we get further into the process of getting this game out <laughs> so we've mentioned it a couple times but the character choices for play is they're called shades they're based on the enneagram personality tests i don't know the individual ones but they for audience out there, you might recognize the the terms. I believe it's heart, head, and body. Heart, mm-hmm. head, and body. Yeah. Hey. Okay. I remember something from Psych One Hundred One. And, <laughs> <laughs> and each of those subcategories, I believe, breaks down into three more subcategories, and that is gives where the each nine. of these. Yes. Pardon. And that's and that was and that's what gets you the nine uh, enneagrams. Yes. Yeah. So could you give us an example of like maybe one or two of the shades and what exactly comes on their character sheet and how they differ from others? Do you just want to do eight and two? Yeah, I was just about to do two if you wanted to do eight. We we actually took the test. I've taken the test multiple, multiple times. Um Back in undergrad, I was really into, like, tell me my fake personality for me. So right. I've taken it a million times. Oh, um, by, and I'm by, t- by the way, for, for the readers, for the listeners, just so you guys know, if you take the test, great. A, you don't have to be your Enneagram in the game. Don't worry about that. It's not designed for you to have to be what you are. Um, and B, please make sure you take all those things with a grain of salt when you take those tests. Be great. Appreciate it. That and the minus grades. <laughs> don't. Don't go right into it. I'm Please. also going to throw my two cents in here with mental health. Don't don't believe them 100%. No. Oh, yeah. Don't try to don't. fit yourself in this itty-bitty little box. <laughs> but, uh, so the type two Enneagram, that is the, um, that's your helper. That's your, uh, I can't think of the exact name of the shade playbook off the top of my head, but that's your, that's your helper. That's your nurturing helper. Um, and they their desire and all the shades are run by these desires that they want um and so the nurturing supporters desire is to be loved and love people just as much in return and so through the game that is what your that is what your desire is you desire to fully love other people for who they are as well as have that love be returned to you in full and um, so some of the things that they can do is they can, you know, of course, comfort people, um, the, they can help people, even if it means risking their own safety. 
Um, the questions geared towards that are a lot of how do how do you show love to people? How what is what are two ways that you show love to others, and what is one way that broke you? What is a way that you can't show love anymore because it just broke you? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm seeing the depth now. <laughs> well, that's heavy. <laughs> um, and so a lot of the a lot of the features that you choose. What are two ways that you show the world? What are two? What are two things you show the world, and one thing that shows who you truly are? And it's um, these aether bound friendship bracelets to help you find each other no matter where you are. Um. Um, a book full of poetry and stories that you're too afraid to share with other people. And it, a lot of the questions are geared towards that. Um, and then I'll let Grim cover number eight. So, yeah, so eight is, um, <laughs> it's heavy. So we, we've okay. kind of gussied up the name a little bit into what's called the passion of protector. And okay. it's based off of the desire for leading and controlling, but not, well, not healthily in an abusive or domineering way. So for the big thing for for the for the passion protector is, you know, the way you lead, do you lead by a supportive matter? Are you protective with how you lead? Are you demanding when you lead? So a lot of the questions for here are kind of more about that internal struggle of, you know, what are two things you were able to trick and what was one thing that was taken from you? And it's things like, you know, your own innocence about the world, the warmth in your heart. Uh, you know, someone who you rescued and then trusted you implicitly. Were you able to save them or were they taken away from you? It's a lot of those kind of more um, aspects of just how are you able to go through in the kind of world that Neon Shadows is with the, the want to protect people, but not always the ability to do so. And one of the big things that I'm really happy about for how we've kind of really tweaked these is, for me, one of the great things I love for kind of showing how the mindset of the character is kind of put into play is, again, through some of what the abilities are. So, like, for the eight, for example, every class has... And it has what we call a trump ability. It's able to use some cards in the deck for a specific way that uh, no other class, no no other shade can do it. So for eights, for example, is you can use an eight of any suit as a trump to trump any other card, including a fate card. But you have to discard a card when you do so. You don't always have the ability to, but every once in a while, you're able to pull something out of your out of yourself to say, nope, we are we are doing this this way. Fate be damned. See, I'm way more interested now kind of understanding the dice system a little bit better and hearing a little bit about the shades and how they interact. So now I I kind of see it, and it's very intriguing to me. And another great example for this is for the eight. One of them is ask someone if they would like protection from a situation. If they accept, you trade a card with them. And there's a lot of these that we have baked into the different classes where it's a, let me help you. Do you want help? I'm not going to automatically help you. Do you want help in this situation? If yes, we do something. If not, we move on. You know? Yep. It's, we've designed it so that there's 
there's matching between all of the shades, of course, for balancing reasons. You know, the, you know, everyone has a trump, everyone has a draw, everyone has a cycle, everyone has a discard, everyone has a trade. Mm-hmm. And a give. And a give, yes. Um, and the watching the mechanics in motion as our playtesters kind of are beginning to understand how this is supposed to work, quote-unquote. Because the reality is you could also just flip the cards over and use it as more of a standard belonging outside belonging game if you wanted to. Yeah, There's nothing preventing you from doing that. Take out the mechanics of it if you wanted it to be more of a standard belonging outside belonging game. Flip the cards over. Just use the use the back of the cards as your tokens. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Do that if do do that if that's what you want to do. Have fun with it. But if you're wanting a little bit more of a mechanic game where there's nuance in play to a different different kind of nuance in play, where there's mechanics to kind of grip a little bit and give you a certain form of structure. There's the ability to do that also. And personally, I think that we've done a great job with the dice system of making a game where the mechanics are inherently tied to the storytelling. Yes. Which is always my goal as a designer. I think what what really stands out for me hearing about it is that when you are playing this as a standard belonging outside of belonging game, the characters are almost separate entities that are in a different world. It's they don't match up. And with the ability to pass things around and like strategize isn't the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use for right now. It's not the wrong word. It's not the wrong word, but it's also not quite what I'm getting at. Right. I think that, being able to put some thought into what you're doing with your cards is just, it's so much more engaging. And it leads to character growth. So with the dice system, using the cards as tokens leads to character um, development in two different ways. So you have stabilization. So with the Enneagrams, back to the Enneagram system. (laughs) With the Enneagrams. With the Enneagrams, each type kind of evolves into one uh, one of two. So two, for example, your nurturing supporter, they either come into a four, uh, which is your more unique individual, or they can go and develop into the more the protector, the leadership of an eight. And so your tokens, your cards kind of help do that. We call it stabilization. and Disruption. disruption. Stabilization and disruption. Rather than growth and stress, we actually struggled a lot with the terms here because growth and stress inherently have already established definitions in different games. And we didn't want yeah. stress to be bad, whereas growth is good. You want growth. You don't want stress. We didn't want that. Because it doesn't matter which way you go and which way you decide to develop your character. It's just so two different... Develop. Yeah, there's just two different ways to go. So... For the nurturing supporter um, to to stabilize into a four, uh, when you end the session with at least one heart card in your hand, you've saved, you've either saved love for yourself or accepted the love of other people, and then you pick something new. So you can pick an item that tells that that tells a story from the uh, from four, which is your introspective individualist, or you can 
pick an item that describes your look from that shade playbook now. And whenever you disrupt into an eight, when you end the session and you have no heart cards in your hand, you've given all of your love and have not saved any love for yourself. And so now you have a whole list there that you could pick from. Um, Your love is now demanding and it's become overly possessive and resentful. Or you pick an item that tells a story from that passionate protector. And so that's how you kind of develop your character into the story. And then eventually, after you've chosen all the ones you can, you are forced to retire this playbook. Um, Either you've stabilized or you've disrupted. It does not matter. That is up to you. And you have two tracks for retirement for each character now. That's so cool. I love a game that builds in a natural way to retire a character and then start somebody new. Yes. Because one of the things that I think a lot of people get into, especially in chunkier games, I know I'm guilty of doing this in uh, in other systems, is that I'm bored of this character, time to throw him off a ledge. Just having something to naturally work towards before, like, hey, what can I tell with this story before they're gone? is such yeah. an interesting way to go about it. The other great thing about the retirement is if you are done with a character, there's always an out at the end of the session. You can always say, I am retiring this character. There's something that happened in the story, in our world, where I think this character is either resolved in whatever way you want to. But mm-hmm. there's always the ability to retire. You don't have to go through the whole tract. If you're like, okay, no, I'm, I think I've developed this character the way I want to develop it. Now I want to retire them. And they're not gone forever. You're always welcome to bring them back in as NPCs, as part of a new story. Um, it's not like they disappear into the Aether, so to speak, and they're gone forever. Yeah. I mean, you could have them disappear into the Aether, so to speak, if you wanted to. It'd be dramatic. It would be very <laughs> dramatic. Uh, but no, so that's one of the big things for me is we've. I wanted to make sure we would design a game because, again, I've 25 years of gaming experience uh-huh. between, and most of that has been running games of yeah every conceivable system of every conceivable style of game. I've ran, you know, one shots that lasted. 24 that literally lasted 20 i ran a one shot but literally lasted 24 hours one time i'm never doing that Whoa. again <laughs> never You're doing that again i yeah trying not to be anymore <laughs> that one's never happening again 24 straight hours for a one shot all right guys you have 24 hours in character go go nuts <laughs> it was go nuts. right be feral go nuts do crime um listeners don't actually go do crime it's bad You'll get in trouble. You'll get in trouble. You know, I love you. I, <laughs> listeners. I love you too much for you to go and cr- do crimes. Please don't go and do that for legal reasons. This is a joke. <laughs> Correct. This is a bit. Please do not. Right. Do that. <laughs> Correct. Please do not. Um, but I really wanted to make sure that this game wasn't like any game I've ever played before. Yeah. Um, which. As also someone, Zach, with a lot of experience in the TTRPG community and TTRPG gaming as a whole, there's only so many flavors of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
that's one thing that kind of switching from Neon Shadows to more of just a general view and development thing. For me, one thing that really drew me to the indie scene was that there are so many things that are not Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That's what got me here, too. The freedom <laughs> that comes from that realization. Now, if only I get my freaking players to understand that, that'd be great. <laughs> Baby steps. Baby steps. They're not I mean, we started. We started with a little 24-hour game we made for a Caltrop core jam. I love Fuck Fairy Godmothers. I'm, can I curse on this one? Hold on. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Yeah, go nuts. Okay, go, okay yeah. I, that's the thing I forgot. <laughs> okay, so yeah, no. So our, the first 24-hour game, because we came late to this jam. We came in so late to this jam. Yeah, it's actually did. not even funny. Like it was like, oh, it's twenty-four. <laughs> we can make a game in twenty-four hours, and we did. I want to remake it at some point with a little bit more time and care put into it. <laughs> Fuck Cherry Godmothers. It is. It is. It is very much a hey. Here's what society wants you to do: flip the gift fairy godmother a middle finger, tell her that she's not the boss of you, and do what you want. Be gay, do crimes. Yeah, it's very much a be gay, <laughs> do crimes game. Uh, that is the that is the energy. Uh, Fuck Fairy Godmothers is be gay, do crimes. Yes, hundred percent. That. That's so and much that fun. was, and I was a wreck afterwards after pouring <laughs> way too many creative uses in too small of a time period oh into that game. God, yeah, we were up way too late. <laughs> we went from nothing to the what was it, four-page game? That's really four-page game. We were up till four a.m. That's wild. The following day. It was... Right. Ah. After both of us doing an eight-hour shift of work for what we were doing oh. at the time. <laughs> 100%. But... Oh, man. Neon Shadows is... As you're telling me more, though, I'm coming to understand uh, a big push on... Not push, but clarification in the the focuses... One of them is found family and another is letting go. And just hearing about the retiring system alone is enough for me to kind of start getting a little piece of that. So like what, what went down into the figuring out themes for this game? Oh my gosh. Um, so it actually kind of falls into our whole Lost Guide games, Trauma Bond Studios. Um, we <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to put this. Um We like designing games that are able to read and this is gonna sound super artsy and I am so sorry for that. Go for it. We 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 are trying to design games that are able to reach out and leave more of an impression than just, oh, I like this system. Mm-hmm. We we want to be able to reach out and you know if you're going through a hard time if you're having issues articulating things that are going on in your life we want our games to be able to be something that you pick up and learn something about yourself from again so Bert and I are both therapeutic uh, certified therapeutic game masters so for us that ability of going in and recognizing aspects being able to use the system to help people has always been a core tenant of our design philosophy we want the games to be fun again look at fuck fairy godmothers <laughs> yeah the societal expectations are fucking ridiculous it, it sucks yep. to fuck your force into them 
let's create the fairy godmother for archetype from the story and make her this eldritch being that is trying to force you into these stereotypes. Fuck her. Be gay, do crimes. You know, and Neon, Sh- Neon Shadows is a more flushed out continuation of kind of the same thing. The world's crazy right now. Can we all at least yeah. agree on that? We can agree on that. Yeah. The Neon Shadows is a kind of way for you to express some of those frustrations in such a way where you're able to sometimes you have to bleed an engine. Yeah. This is a way to do that. And it's not just for that. It's also for, you know, play the game. You might find out something about yourself. You know, we're we're trying to make this one of the most transformative experiences I've ever had playing a game. Shout out to Wanderhelm. Oh, we cried. We cried. We cried. Big, we big, big cried. sad boy, baby, <laughs> big sad boy, baby tears. I cried um, on your home too, so I get it. <laughs> right. So yeah, we are uh, Lost Guide Games is a haven for broken people who want to build pretty games together. Yeah, we have we have a like a what is it eleven year now? We have eleven oh, years of friendship, sweetheart. Sweetheart, <laughs> we're on year twelve. We we we've been friends oh, for a very God, long so time. Great. I know. God, awful. How awful of me to forget our friendship anniversary. I am but we've been friends offended. for a very, very long, long time. Too long. I will. My too God. Long. And, you know, and so with that found family is, you know, with Graham and I both, we kind of fa- have fallen in love to this family is more than blood to kind of quote Supernatural here for a minute. Family is more than blood. Family doesn't end in blood. And we kind of built our own family. And that's what Trauma Bond Studios and Lost Guide Games is. And so it reflects in Neon Shadows. It's a found family building a found family game. <laughs> right. It, it, and it kind of goes back to, the, you know, the world might suck, but try to find people to help it suck a little bit less for you. Just a little and bit. Listeners, that's, that's, that's Grimm's tip for the day. The world is bullshit. Papa Grimm. Papa, Papa Grimm's <laughs> trait for the day. The world might suck, because it does. Don't worry, it's not just you, it sucks for everybody. Find people who make it suck just a little bit less for you, and keep them close. As long as it's a healthy relationship. If it's not a healthy relationship, kick them the fucking curb. Yep. That's that's a different conversation for a different time. <laughs> There'll be a different game about that. There'll be, there will be. Have we have one. <laughs> you were saying that you were not wanting to sound artsy about saying that you want to create something that leaves an impression but i think that that's a pretty common trend right now not trend that's that's wrong but that's a pretty common feeling right it's, now it, it's, it's especially post covid it, it is post covid oh yeah um and, and again part of that comes from my own upbringing and the fact is you know a guy being raised in the united states we have specific ways we're taught to think about our feelings mm-hmm. i if you think otherwise, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> the uh, so that's kind of where that part came from. And the reality is, you know, yes, that is very much the common thing. One of the things for me is I've, within the past couple of years, have started working a lot when it comes to recognizing and naming feelings and that kind of stuff. So it's helpful for me for that. Um, the the big thing for this game is 
if there's any game I ever want to be remembered for, I want it to be this one. Because of how much good I think this game can do for people. It's a fun game. It's a great game. It can be as heavy or light of a game as you want it to be. Yeah. I personally think it's it, it, it does its best when you're handling topics that make you a little bit uncomfortable. When it yeah. makes you think about what you're doing, think about how your character's acting, why they're acting that way, why are you having your character act that way. And again, some of that goes down to the fact that Britt and I are both therapeutic the game masters. People, so we're, yeah. We're, yeah, we're both <laughs> big into mental health. It's big aspect for us and this is a game that i really think that if you spring this on your players and they think it's just a fun little fun fun game man you could throw them through a freaking roller coaster on that one <laughs> yeah through character creation for playtesting we were all like ah god rip my heart out and feed it to me why don't you which is what we were going for because when uh, when Squidzy and I read Wander Home for the first time, just reading through the playbooks, we were like, oh, oh, and that's where, Our... part, of, that's where part of the idea for Neon Shadows actually came from, is you know, us saying, we want to have this feeling, we want, to have, we want to see people have this feeling when they read our games. Let's make a game that does that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's our, our safe word was the bees are very cute. Those were our, that was our safe sentence. Was yeah, we was. need to move on was the bees are very cute. Um and it it was. It was a neat feeling because we did. We realized the magic of how asking questions for character development, aside from stats and a pre-written background and but asking questions. Um and that's actually reflected in a lot of the games, a lot of the recent games we've designed, um, in the yep. Far Reaches, Eighth Notch. Um, yep. They all have questionnaire character development. It's all it, when you're building a character, there are questions to yep. answer. Yep. And you know, great great example is one of the questions for eight is you know you can ask the person to one of your thought to your uh, your right because it's designed to work around the type of mentality or you know if you're on Discord, put yourself in a circle. That's the person who's next to you. You know, it's. One of, one of my favorite ones is the right is what is the hard truth that I gave you that you don't want to didn't want to accept? I gave you hard knowledge. What was it? You don't like it. That's one of the questions. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that so much. I think going back to like questions and stuff and evoking that feeling. If it's anything like the veteran, I believe it was in Wonder Home. If it's, it can touch the, my heartstrings the, even that much, there might be a basis of the veteran. In, there might be a basis of the veteran on that. On eight. I'm not <laughs> going to. I am not going to mislead you. Okay. Good. Well, okay. Well, so <laughs> just to give you an example, uh, one of the items you can pick to kind of that you hold close is an Aether Forge blade that can only be drawn in dire need. Is one of the options. Okay. So it's kind of a little bit of a callback to the veteran in Wander Home. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm not gonna lie. That was a callback. I did that one on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Touched my heartstrings. One of the most important things, though, that we can kind of talk about right now because we're starting to run short, though, is crowdfunding. 
for Neon Shadows. Where are you guys going to be crowd? Yeah, where where are you folks crowdfunding, and when are you looking to launch it? We are going to be crowdfunding on Kickstarter, and we're looking for a for a August first launch. Pending knock on wood that nothing bad happens. We are looking at an August first launch for <laughs> um, for a tentative winter twenty twenty three release, and again we've knock got. On wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a really a lot of fun um, little tiers. It's going to be kind of a Kickstarter exclusive. We're looking at doing Spiralbound. Oh, okay. And a Kickstarter exclusive Leatherbound, super fancy pants. Expensive. And an art book. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love me a good art book. And an art book. Yeah, we're suckers for art books too. Still, we have some filler <laughs> art coming out for this also. Yeah, our artists work very hard. I we work them a little too. I love them. <laughs> Big shout out to our artists who keep us afloat and keep our heads on straight. They're kind of the the parents. We don't want to disappoint <laughs> Fluffy and Fatality. We don't want to disappoint mom and dad. I, I'm not disappointing the crab. You can't make me disappoint the crab. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of coming to the end of our time though. It's almost been an hour already. And first of all, before we wrap it up, though, I got two questions that I ask at the end of every episode. So my first one, kind of a bigger one. What advice can you two give to people looking to design their own work, but they're not sure where to start? So this is going to sound really, really like something you probably heard a thousand times. Start with what you actually know and understand. If, if you, great example, if you've worked in kitchens all of your life, there's nothing wrong with making a kitchen-styled, you know, a restaurant-styled tabletop game. Okay. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with taking what you know and using it as a framework for design. If that's where you feel comfortable, start there. And to kind of bounce off of that, get words on paper. It doesn't yes. matter how silly it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter how asinine the idea might sound. Like I said, Neon Shadows started as a joke. Get it on paper started as a joke for one of us it started as a joke <laughs> for one of us correct i posed it as a joke but we all thought you were get serious it, uh, get it on paper just put it down you never know what's going to come out of it. it it's very similar as you would say to an aspiring novelist or author just get the words down if so long as you keep putting the words down and so long as you keep pacing yourself, you will eventually get something that you are... Actually, actually, here's here's the big one from Papa Graham. <laughs> give it... I know it's going to be terrifying, but get something down and give it to someone else to look at because you are going to hate what you have, but I promise you it's not as bad as you think it is. Correct. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's part of why we have actually so many people involved with Lost Guy Games is we want to have the ability to, at any point where we're thinking, ah, this is garbage, turn around and say, hey, group, look at this thing that I made. Tell me that it's garbage. Tell me if it's garbage or not. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. It's so important to have people to to turn back on. We've talked about that before on the show, but it really is 
I remember going to launch the first episode of Schedule for Launch and almost throwing up because I was so <laughs> nervous. I understand I, that. So every, every game release, every great release that we do, would do messaging, messaging me, Grim, I can't do it. We can't do this. We're going to ruin everything. <laughs> we can't do this. We can't do this. I'm gonna pull yeah. the plug. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dissolve the we're gonna dissolve the studio. We're not doing this anymore. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Witsy, hit the button, release the yeah. game. It'll be Oh, okay. in the far reaches, I think was my hardest, and now we've got Neon Shadows, and that's gonna be the worst. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. What are you talking about? It'll be fine. It'll be more than fine. It's gonna be great. Where can people find out more about the two of you though and Neon Shadows? You can find me on Twitter at Corrosive Squid. Um, I also run the Lost Guide Games Twitter, Lost Guide Games, Dice Camp, Mastodon. It's the same uh, Lost Guide Games. We are on itch.io and Drive Through RPG. And you can find Neon Shadows um, on that itch.io page. We have a development page up and going. We post devlogs where we're at. We actually just did a limited 24 hour release Ashcan version of the game. And we actually plan on doing the same before the Kickstarter or after the Kickstarter, or not after, during the Kickstarter. Um, and so keep an eye out on that for a new Ashcan version. As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description below. Make sure you go and check out Neon Shadows and Squidzy and Grim stuff. It's super cool. Squidzy, Grim, thank you so much for joining me this week on the show. It was awesome. I thank you. Yeah, this was a lot of fun and like, really appreciate it so thanks for joining me thank you and audience thank you for joining us squidzy grim the rest of lost guide games they're all going to be scheduled to launch real soon with neon shadows so keep your ears up and i'll let you know when that goes live on kickstarter until next time though take care of yourselves and i'll see you on the next one bye thank you so much to both squidzy and grim for joining me on the podcast this week we lost a little bit of audio right at the end there in just a super weird way. Grim's handle on Twitter actually is what we lost there. So you can find Grim at capital TBS underscore Grim with two M's. Go and follow him and show him some support and get ready for Neon Shadows, folks. This game has so much to offer and the team behind it is just so incredibly sweet. I want every project that comes onto schedule for launch to succeed. But I think that this group is trying to make something super unique and filled with so much good intention. Keep an eye and an ear out for when Neon Shadows goes live, and I'll let you know if you missed that. And thank you for listening, audience. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. I'm not going to bug you too much this week, though, so take care, and I hope to see you somewhere out there.